Welcome to the latest Pink Podcast in the Pink Elephant Podcast Series, dedicated to leading the way in IT management best practices. Welcome to Can You Legislate Availability, part one of six with IT management consultant Jack Probst. I grew up in South Florida. So I spent uh, my formative years uh, growing up on the Gold Coast. And part of living on the Gold Coast was that every so often we would get this rush to arms because there was a hurricane out in the Caribbean. Now, as a kid, hurricanes were like really fun, right? I mean, it was the time that you went with your dad and you put shutters up on the, the windows and the house got really dark. And the other kind of neat thing was is that you got to play with candles without getting in trouble, right? But what would happen? What would happen would be is that usually it was at night that we got it, and the lights would start to flicker, and then it would be like this. And it would be like this for seven days, right? Now, part of the issue is that we take for granted this whole idea of electricity, right? It's a service we buy. And yet, when it's not there, it really causes some significant uh, dislocations in what we do. So as an example, my brother lives here in Orlando. Two years ago, he had the wonderful experience of having not one, not two, but four hurricanes that crossed Orlando. So after the first hurricane, electricity became a critical service for him. And so what did he do? Instead of waiting for the power company to restore service, he did the next best thing. He went out and bought a Honda generator. So now what he's able to do is he's able to restore service because and it's something that he's had to use, unfortunately, uh, multiple times since he bought it. The other thing about hurricanes is this. If you live in the state of Florida, one of the challenges is this thing called insurance, right? And, and so you guys now have, in the state of Florida, you have something new. It's called a hurricane deductible. Hurricane deductible, you could pay a deductible of 1% to 2% of the value of your house or your apartment your con- or whatever, whatever your property is insured, in the event that loss is sustained from a hurricane. Why? Because companies wanted to pull out and the regulators stepped in. Now what we've got is we've got this thing around insurance, risk, availability. Hmm. So what does all this have to do with the subject of legislative availability and so forth. I'm going to present to you a little different way to think about availability. I'm going to broaden some of your thinking relative to the whole concept of availability and maybe take you down a little different path. Give you a different way to think about it. As a matter of fact, I'd even offer up that this might be a way for you to start to think in terms of positioning availability as a process within your organization Um, and building your business case around some of the concepts that we're going to talk about today. But let's talk about some examples. So on April 15th, 1970, Jim Lovell, Jack Swigert, and Fred Haas blasted off from Pad 39A in Cape Kennedy. And it actually was not an auspicious start. They had problems on the second stage in that the center thrust engine of the center stage started to oscillate rather badly, and it shut itself down. And they had some concerns about inserting into the appropriate orbit so that they could then blast off to the moon. 
But after that, things went reasonably well, right? Until 55 hours and almost 53 minutes. At that time, of course, you know from, um, from the movie Gene Kranz, who um, actually wasn't on duty at the time, but that's Hollywood for you, um, gave the order that we want you to um, stir the pots. And what they were asking them to do was the oxygen tanks that were on the, um, in the Odyssey, which was the, uh, uh, support, the command and support module, those tanks were actually, it was, uh, it, was, it was oxygen that was at a cryogenic level. And if you didn't stir them up every once in a while, they'd freeze. So they gave the order to stir the pot. And unfortunately, the insulation on the wires that were leading to the motor that stirred the pot, the insulation had burnt off, and there was a short. And it caused the electric motor that was inside the pot to catch fire, and the Teflon insulation inside the pot then started to burn, and we had an explosion. And so the explosion happened in that it damaged completely one of the oxygen tanks, and also, just by coincidence, happened to damage the other redundant oxygen tank that was next door. And so what happened was is that we got at 55 minutes, 55 hours, 52 minutes, and 58 seconds, we got the ask, please, would you please stir the pot? And notice that it's almost three minutes later before the message, hey, Houston, we've had a problem here. It's not Houston, we have a, we have a problem. So it's a little bit of a play on words by our buddies in Hollywood. What happened was is that they lost a significant service. And the significant service that they were losing is they were losing oxygen. You say, so what? So what? Oh, well, the problem is is that the oxygen was also used to generate electricity, which not only powered the command module, but also it kept the batteries charged. And so in order to save the batteries, which were going to be needed in order for them to reinsert themselves back into Earth orbit and to reenter the, uh, the Earth's atmosphere, they had to shut everything down. And they went from the Odyssey to the Aquarius, and they used it as a lifeboat. And so I think you know the movie. Everybody's seen Tom Hanks and the, you know, the great tragedy and so forth. But what happened? They lost some significant services. They lost electric, electricity. They lost the ability to scrub CO2. They had a real issue with water. And one of the most significant things, services they lost was the ability to generate heat. Okay. Could they have received a maintenance call in space? No. So when they lost their availability of all these services, they actually had no way in which to restore those services. Fairly significant issue, wouldn't you think? So how about this? You're on this. By the way, you're on this 747. Does that give you comfort? Would you like to be on that 747 when they landed like that? That was actually a normal landing at the old Hong Kong airport. Unfortunately, the way the old Hong Kong airport was built was that it required the jumbo jets to actually fly between the buildings in the city of Hong Kong. And then to make the final approach to their runway, they had to come at the runway from a kind of a cockeyed angle and then make that kind of crazy approach. Now, the 747 is a very complex system. It's so complex that actually human beings cannot fly it directly. What they require are computers 
to help them fly the system such that they're flying by wire. So on a landing like that, would you like to have a system failure? How about even just a burp? There's no room for error, especially at the point of landing of that aircraft, right, for any type of system availability issue. January 3rd this year, United Airlines lost their system that provides support for baggage, ticketing, and boarding pass generation for four hours. It affected 150 flights nationwide in the U.S. The backlog actually generated issues into the next day. This is an airline that is attempting to, at that time, they're attempting to um, get themselves out of Chapter 11. Microsoft, April 6th this year, they're number three search engine in, in the country, and they had a multi-hour outage of their search engine. Now, this is coming from an organization that is really considered to be a technology leader. People really turn to them and, and think that they uh, have sort of the, 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 the ramp knowledge that's associated with making all this stuff work, and yet they have a major outage of uh, a service that's uh, significant, at least from Microsoft's perspective. August 13th, 2003, there was a major power outage on the East Coast. It actually affected into Canada, and it was caused by, believe it or not, it was a, a branch touching a power line in northern Ohio, but it caused, through a series of misadventures and the like, it caused uh, the entire East Coast, for the most part, to lose um, their uh, electrical capacities. One of the challenges was, and something that people hadn't thought about, was you have cell towers that are scattered about that rely on this thing called electricity or electrical power to be able to uh, generate the, the cell, cell signals and so on and so forth. But as a backup device and a redundant uh, capacity, we have power, battery, battery power. The problem was is the outage went on for a better part of a day. The battery power for these cell towers is eight hours. And to make matters worse, the traffic that was generated as a result of this outage, because everybody was trying to figure out where everybody else was, was they saw a spike in cell phone usage uh, and cell phone transmissions of four times during that period. Now, all of these you would think is, well, you know what, if it was just a limited Outage, it probably wouldn't be so bad, but the fact that it affected the entire network makes it something that's terribly significant. Hold on to that thought. We'll come back to that in a little bit. Salesforce.com, a CRM tool. They had some uh, challenges in December of this year and January, or December of last year, January of this year, with their system being up and down. They thought they had solved it. They actually had issued a... Um, uh, a news release that says, we have fixed the problem. The next day, they lost their system again. Terribly embarrassing. Caused some issues with respect to their reputation in the marketplace. People weren't, weren't leaving them in terms of saying, I'm going to go from this vendor to another vendor, but they did see a slowdown in sales. Last but not least, Mar uh, May 22nd of this year, the director of the Veterans Administration announced that a laptop 
that have been taken home inappropriately by an analyst for the Veterans Administration have been stolen. And with it went 26.5 million records of veterans that went back to the early 70s. And what made it even more significant was the fact that the records contained Social Security numbers and date of birth. Everything that you need to get charge cards. I mean, you would be your own Capital One commercial. Okay? So what does all this stuff have, or what do all these have in common? I spent, as Troy said, 30 years in the insurance business. And one of the things that we, that we talk about insurance is the fact that we provide risk management. That's what we do. We have this, the potential that something bad might happen, and because you pay a premium, we assure that at least financially um, you will be made whole, at least per the terms of the contract. What I would offer up is I'd like for us to think today about availability and as a risk management tool. You've been listening to part one of Kenya Legislative Availability. Please join us next week as we present you with part two. Thank you for joining us for today's Pink Podcast. Go to www.pinkelephant.com to find out more about our products, including Atlas, our knowledge database with hundreds of example documents and templates for your IT management best practice projects.